Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is the 25th day of September in the year 2020, perhaps a year that will be pivotal in the history of the United States, the world as well. First, I want to tell you that the Castle family is doing fine. During these very unusual, very difficult times, the family daughter is adjusting well to her new life back in the first world. She seems more upbeat, more positive than she has in a while. So, Joan and I are very grateful for that. Today, I'm talking about questions that are ever before us. If we watch or listen to the news at all these days, we all know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, recently died at the age of 87 after 27 years on the United States Supreme Court, RBG, Ms. Ginsburg, had reached iconic status both as a court justice and as a feminist leader, trendsetter. The first question to consider then is, does the President of the United States have the authority to make a nomination in this an election year? Is there something about this being an election year that keeps him from being able to nominate a candidate to replace her? The answer to that question is easy. Yes, of course he has the authority. There is nothing in the Constitution that restricts his authority to fill appointments in an election year. He has constitutional authority not just until the election, but until the inauguration, until his successor is inaugurated. I suppose all the controversy about this is like one of those unwritten rules of baseball. You know, everyone abides by it even though it's not a written rule. If they do not abide, the next batter gets hit by a pitch. The problem for the Democrats accepting this political fact of his right to appoint a successor revolves around Barack Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland 11 months before the end of his second term. President Obama had no chance at re-election because it was his second term. It really didn't matter, though, because... Donald Trump's chances of beating Hillary Clinton were zero, as we all remember. Once she was inaugurated, Mrs. Clinton could then reappoint Garland or anyone else she wanted. The United States Senate must confirm the president's nomination for it to be effective. And at that time, as now, Republicans were a majority in the Senate. The rules of the Senate give the Senate majority leader the power to decide which items come up to the Senate floor for a vote. In Garland's case, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, held up the vote on his nomination for 11 months. Democrats now say that it would be unfair for him not to do the same thing. In this case, the truth is there's nothing fair about war. Only who wins. That's all that matters. This is a culture war. The winner will determine our destiny. Interestingly, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, could have helped the Democrats out by resigning during President Obama's administration so that he could nominate her successor. She chose to stick around and continue her service, even to the point of joining in court hearings on video from her hospital bed. Her daughter, Jane, recently gave an interview to the New York Times and explained to us through that interview that that was a tactical decision on the part of her mother. She said her mother was certain that Hillary would be elected and she wanted the first woman president to appoint her successor. So there you have it. 
We now have only Ruth Bader Ginsburg's unrecorded deathbed statement that we are supposed to believe for who she wanted as a successor. She supposedly said as her last wish that no one would be appointed to replace her until after the inauguration of the next president. That is a rough paraphrase, but close to what she is reported to have said. Well, we don't know for sure she said it because there was no recording of the words. If she did say it, so what? The Supreme Court is not a royal institution where people get to name their own successors, no matter how revered. A, a Supreme Court justice cannot control the judicial judiciary after the term is finished. The words mean nothing except something that we might want to consider. Out of respect for her, this country was already at a very toxic level of politics. Her death, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, can do nothing but inflame and add to the toxicity. We're already in a culture war, a vicious, polarized struggle for the future. Ms. Ginsburg's death just added a new candidate to the ballot in the election this year and in the culture war ballot. What is this document that we call the Constitution? Are we still bound by its terms or do we accept what Ruth Bader Ginsburg believed, and that is that it is an outdated document. It couldn't possibly govern a country as diverse as this one in the modern age. It should therefore be periodically adjusted by the court, acting as a super legislature. The other side says no, we should at least continue the charade of pretending to abide by its requirements. So the Constitution will be on the ballot this November when we vote. When news of Ms. Ginsburg's death broke in the press, the President of the United States was giving a speech to a group of iron ore miners in Upper Minnesota. When his speech ended, the press asked him for a comment about her death, and that was, and that was his first notice that she had died. He said, quote, She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman, whether you agreed with her or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually saddened to hear that, end quote. Well, she was an amazing woman, 27 years on the court. Her opinions shaped the outcome and the presentation of many big cases. Maybe she will prove to be more important in death than she was in life. Time will tell. She was and still is a centering force of the progressive legal thought that dominates American politics today. She was the leader in the actions of the court to reshape the Constitution to address the issues of today with a new rule of law. So her death might make her even more important because it will force Joe Biden to come out of hiding and into the open. Like a groundhog, he appears during the debate scheduled for September 29th. It is hard to see how he will be able to avoid talking about his nominating a new member of the court. If I were Donald Trump, I would ask him straight out who his potential nominees are. I read where he was asked that question, and he said the public doesn't need to know that, but hopefully he will not be allowed to get away with that much longer. If Barack Hussein Obama wants the job of Supreme Court Justice, it is his for the asking, should Joe Biden win the election? I have no idea if Obama 
wants a real job or not, but Joe Biden would not be able to refuse him if he does. Senate confirmation would then become just a formality. If he can serve as president, he can certainly serve on the court. I doubt if he wants it, though, because he seems to have a pretty good life, a happy life right now without working. What about President Trump? Should he decline to nominate until and if he is reelected? Absolutely not. That is my answer. And if the shoe were on the other foot, I promise you the Democrats would go forward. This is a culture war being fought in our minds and in our streets, which means we must take any advantage we have. He seems to agree, the president, that is, because on September 19th, he tweeted the following, quote, We were put in this position of power and importance to make decisions for the people who so proudly elected us, the most important of which had been considered by, to be the selection of United States Supreme Court justices. We have this obligation without delay, end quote. So there it is. He intends to nominate and fill the position if the Senate is willing. Right now, I believe the announcement is scheduled for tomorrow, the 26th day of September. Both presidential candidates will be judged on this nomination and how they react to their opponent's nominee. The Senate will also be judged by it, I will assume. That senators up for re-election are now adjusting their campaigns accordingly. Not many federal appointments have ever been more important than this one, if any. Despite all the threats of violence, of impeachment, etc., he is going forward. It is most important, most interesting that the Speaker of the House threatened impeachment proceedings because he might dare to do what he is constitutionally required to do. If she does, that will help assure Biden's defeat because voters will see her action for what it is. Who then should he nominate? Who has the intelligence and the fortitude for the job? Who has the determination to survive the Democrat character assassination? That is the nomination process. That is the easy part, folks. If you're only going to consider someone who has some prospect of actually being confirmed, the choice is Amy Coney Barrett. She currently serves on the Second Circuit bench. She is a graduate of Notre Dame University and the law school of that same university. There are a few criticisms of Judge Barrett, at least few legitimate ones. The primary Democrat crit criticism is that she is a devout Catholic and lets her Catholic faith guide her decisions. Well, God forbid, folks, that we should have a member of the court who actually believes in God and acts accordingly. If that is the only thing her opponents can come up with, then she must be a pretty good jurist. She is by far the brightest and most qualified available, in my opinion. She deserves to be on the court. It would be a shame if the deep prejudice of Democrats eliminates her because she is Catholic. She represents a chance to showcase before the American public not only her brilliant legal mind, but also she is a mother of seven, including one with special needs and two adopted from Haiti. She could quite possibly reinvigorate the entire Republican base with her energy, her intellect, and her calm demeanor. Judge Barrett is known to be pro-life in her views, but maybe the American public and enough senators are tired of the George W. Bush, David Souter, say one thing, do another versions of leaders. Give us instead this woman to whom 
The inherent dignity of all life is no mere slogan or academic concept. Now, I quote a famous lawyer named Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Women come in all shapes and sizes, she said, just as men do. They don't necessarily think alike. We need Ruth, we need Judge Barrett on the court at this critical point in our history. There is no reason whatsoever why she should not be nominated and confirmed, although I would not be shocked to see the assassins come after her character. Finally, folks, I'm not telling you that Judge Barrett is perfect or that she has never made a decision with which I disagree. I know about her decision supporting the right of leadership to order a lockdown. I know of others. I'm also aware that our culture war was lost, already lost, when we surrendered our children to the enemy at the school and university levels. What I am telling you, though, is that we must fight on anyway. She is the best candidate that has a reasonable chance of being confirmed. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.